0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Episode 5 of OK So, America's finest new small-batch whiskey. This is a sip in whiskey, so do yourself a favor and take the time to savor and enjoy. We're back after a quick hiatus, and I know you've been on the edge of your seats wondering who our next guest will be. Well, wonder no more. Today's guest is Rob Bieler, chairman of Admonsters, proprietor of Beeler.tech, and longtime friend of the podcast. Rob's been solving the world's advertising operational problems since the Internet was just a gleam in Bill Nye the Science Guy's eye, but he's got his eye on bigger problems now. Rob and I talk about how he invented IMDb before there was even an I. Growing up in small town upstate New York, and what kinds of problems we'll be solving for in the ad ecosystem long term. Thanks again for listening, and remember, you can find us on Twitter at podcast OK so. That's podcast OK so. Now on with the program. Okay, so I've got Rob Beeler sitting here. We're going to talk a little bit about all kinds of things operations related. Hey, Rob, how you doing?
1: Good, good.
0: Um, so thanks for joining me here in the Vidara Hotel, uh, room 39006, <laughs> live from the top of the world here.
1: Anytime I get invited to a hotel room in Las Vegas, I, you know, it, maybe it's not my best judgment, but I just say yes. It's like
0: an immediate accept, Yeah, right? sure. It doesn't matter what's waiting up sure, there. Sure, you know. And actually, I'm facing the door, but you're facing the window. So I have you a fantastic have the, view right now. You a mountains view, which yes. is pretty solid. Um, so I think you know how I structure this roughly. Um, I sort of start with where people are from because I, I find that very, very fascinating. Um, so let's talk a little bit about where you're from, where you grew up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. You know, so it's um, I, I was born actually in Jersey in Englewood, which it's funny. I, I mentioned that and it almost immediately gives me like a level of street cred. Like, you know, like I've, I've been there or whatever, but by five moved uh, to a very, very small town, upstate New York called Georgetown, New York. Um, we don't even have a stoplight. Right. It's literally two stop signs.
0: Oh, so it's literally just like a t- – not even a yeah, one Yeah, there stop is like a ten. general right.
1: store on the corner and that is kind of it. Wow. Uh, graduating class 32. Uh, Holy like cow. The I don't, I don't like know that. that I knew that. That's Yeah, wild. That's, yeah. yeah so you know, I, I grew up kind of in that, that kind of country environment. But you know, my dad moved me there with the idea that he'd raise me as a farm boy with that kind of ethic – and I and I'm going to be honest. I'm going to put it, we're going to record this, right? Recess. Which is, I basically read my mother's New Yorkers until I was 18, and
0: I got out. And that was it. That, First that bus was, out down to Syracuse. I, I, I,
1: yeah, I went. Well, I went to Syracuse. I went to Syracuse University, and then I from there. But the, uh, you know, it's interesting because I I don't like when people knock country people. Like, you know, they, they identify that way. It's like my job. Like, I'm allowed to do that. You don't know them. I do. So therefore, I can say that. That's it. Thing. It's I, like you can't make fun of... Nobody else can make
0: fun of your parents that, That's right. You.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That, you know, that's right. Um, I'm actually going this, this weekend after Vegas. If I can survive through <laughs> Vegas, I, I go back to a, an alumni basketball game. So I'm actually going to wind up going back to the school and and playing basketball. Oh, your at, high
0: school. My high school. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. That's super yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do, so, so do people... Um, do people typically stay. Is that what you yeah, do there, after? There is, school? you know,
1: there, there's a lot of people that have, have, have moved on and, and so forth. But uh, yeah, there are, there are people I went to school with that that live, you know, right across from the school that they went to and, and whatever, and that's where their lives are. And and so yeah, it gives me a great perspective as as someone that lives in New Jersey and knows, you know, most people don't
0: really know that that life, but. Uh, I lived it. That's know. really cool. So was it, um, growing up, it was, you know, roll the keg out into the kind of woods during the summer, you know, whole Yeah, kinda, kind of, you know, the
1: one thing that you have when you have a school that small is I was like the the class geek and I was also co-captain of like the basketball team and, you know, because you literally yeah. have to play multiple roles. Well, I was going to say, right? like I slammed against, roles on I'd the slam myself against, I'd myself against, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd slam myself against lockers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but uh, yeah, no, it was, it was very much in that, that kind of, Throw it in the pickup truck and, uh, and head off enough. hunting. We got hunting. You know that that that's a day off at, at school.
0: Oh, like uh, hunting season. Yeah, happens. like deer
1: hunting is. Oh, wow. You you don't go
0: to school. So that day. this is uh, I, when I was five years old, um, they sort of lifted the hunting regulations where I grew up. Okay. Um, and they let people hunt in the mountains behind my preschool, and there is a picture of me in the paper in like 1980 or 81, uh, and a quote from me, like basically saying hunters go away. Like we don't want <laughs> yes. you here. You're yeah. going to, you're going to shoot one of us. Kind of right. Thing. Right. And you've been on um, the NRA hit list since. Totally. That's right. I have, a, I have an F minus rating. <laughs> yeah. Um, so from there to Syracuse and it was like journalism, you went to Newhouse, right? So I went to
1: Newhouse. I, I really just, I chose a film, um, actually just because I didn't want to be undecided and I didn't. I honestly realized that Newhouse was a hard school to get into. I guess I checked the right boxes and, and got in. No, I, I met my, my roommate the first moment. He was like, you know, how did you get in? I'm, I'm actually not in yet or whatever. And I pretended that that was you know, a thing. Right. Um, but it was, um, and it's interesting because how, how Newhouse has played throughout my career, like it, it pops up at very interesting times, but I went to school for film and, and I really was going to head to Hollywood and, and, and do that. And, but the thing – the difference between me and my roommate was I was already hungry. We were going to drive across the country and I was already hungry with no money coming. And he was funded by his dad of yeah, like, that, you've got six months or whatever. Oh, yeah. I had that Robert Wise who directed The Sound of Music gave me his card and said, you come to LA and I will get you a job as an intern, right? And yeah. I'm like, great. So I called up this person, wanted to arrange it. And he's like, well, it's not a paid internship. And I'm like, well, that I, doesn't work. I, you know, so <laughs> – you know, I wasn't going to go drive to the first restaurant and start that. And oh, That's amazing. But real real fun fact and also, again, embarrassing fact is that, again, computers have always been something that I just gravitated to, right? That technology piece was always there. And so he knew everything about film and I didn't. I was like, I have to catch up. Your roommate so, now. Yeah, Your my roommate, roommate. This is, and keep mind, this is 86, 87. So I took out my Mac and I started to create a database of every director cinematographer, actor, producer, and I started to create... Uh, it was called HyperCard at the time, and I created this database that related all of them. Oh, so, so I sort could, of like an internet movie database. Except no internet. <laughs> Except, Except no, no internet. internet. So I set out a movie database, <laughs> and... I will, you know, again, not time uh, for this podcast, but there, there are times where that is like, you know, people would ask me, like, you know, who's a cinematographer for Francis, Francis Ford Coppola? No, because I entered all the data, it's literally oh, in it's my head. It's lodged in your you head. Yeah, Vittorio head. Sororo, right? You know, oh, amazing. Right. That's unbelievable. So you think about what that does for recall, and I had meetings in LA with yeah. like a producer from Warner Brothers, and he was like, I'm going to get the director from Memphis Bell. What's his name? I'm like, oh, Michael Canton Jones, right? Like, it was instant recall. And so like, was
0: it like a. Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: We actually had Like fun a double tape. T- I just. By the way, and that was the other part I learned about the film industry right at that moment is everyone else in the room turned to my enemy at that moment because I just completely, completely blew them away. And yeah. this guy like slid his card across the... He actually asked people to slide it to me, right? So literally, I'm passing amazing. you up for him. Like, that's yeah. an amazing story. I mean, that's an yeah. amazing story to file away. So, right. like, and then mm-hmm. the internet comes along, you know, and I'm just... Don't ever connect those two things. Then <laughs> yeah. someone's like, hey, have you ever seen the internet movie database?
0: And we are like, that was my million dollar Amazon I, idea. That could have been me. So weird related, but not quite related yeah. story. Yesterday, um, I was at, at a meeting with uh, Disney ABC television. Uh, and I was I was in the room and they had behind them just a bunch of swag on the wall, one of which was a Golden Girls thing. Mm-hmm. And I said to them, you've never met anyone that knows more about the Golden Girls <laughs> than I do. Which is so both a weird fact again and yes. extremely embarrassing. Right.
1: Be proud yet. And
0: everyone in the room was like, Oh and it was like we sort of squared away against one another in like like an old West showdown and the woman was like, Oh, you do really and she pulled out her phone, looked up a golden girls quiz, and like asked me the first three questions on the list, which I answered Boom, boom, Within, boom. Yeah. you know, just a second or two of her having answered them. And I was like, I got to drop the mic here because eventually gonna get funny. one wrong. That's And funny. you know, I have a whole room full of people pointing at me. So you came to, so now, high yeah. school graduating class in Georgetown, New York, 32 people. Yeah. Syracuse University, 45,000 people or something. It's smaller than that. I think it's actually, it's like three, I get the numbers wrong. I don't know
1: why I don't. To recall those kind of things, but Get over ten—that's like over yeah, ten it's, thousand Yeah, it's, it's a much bigger. Time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And
0: it, so, w- did you have trouble navigating the school when you got there? You know, I, I think
1: I think there's there's something that kids, you know, parents and kids know today is that that sometimes maturity levels aren't—you're not ready, even though the age says that you are that you're not. And yeah. so, you know, um, I look at that with my own kids as to whether they're going to be ready. I was totally not ready, right, and just did not know how to navigate. And your oldest
0: is high school. 17 yeah he so he's driving in college yeah he's gonna be yeah, yeah so same thing. so he's
1: he's gonna be okay he he's gonna be fine but he'll i mean he'll learn the same lessons you learn right but right. there there was a part where i feel like the first couple of years of college were kind of wasted in terms of just like not getting it and i remember that kind of like that one class i took where you slowly went wait a second all these new ideas are popping in my head i'm slowly start to organizing it and like which just had been the first class I had taken, yeah, right? Totally. So you know, you kind of like, but you know, in terms of being who I was and where I was from, yeah. Com- you know, yeah, I mean, but, what goes through
0: your mind when you come I, from a high school? The of first, the first right?
1: guy I met, um, I think his name was was it Yule Yaz? Like, I, I forget. But he, he like um, kid from the Bronx, you know, <laughs> Jewish kid from the Bronx who yeah. was like going like, hey, I've got a, I've got a, uh, my, my, are be okay with this? Like Do the, um, you know, I have a. Uh, Um, an allowance to pay for condoms from my my parents, right? Whatever. And I'm just sitting, he's like, let's go down to the fraternities and let's figure out which one we're going to join. Meanwhile, my dad, you know, give you, just take one step back. My dad gives me 20 bucks, as we drops me off, he says, "This has got to hold you right until you get a job, right?" Yeah. I walk in the dormitory and they go like, "So here's your key, twenty dollar deposit, right?" So oh! I literally, so here this guy is like going like, "Let's go, we yeah. figure out which fraternity we're gonna to go to and whatever," and I'm like, "I am so out of my element here, you know, or whatever." And again, navigating what you know as Beeler, right? Started. There, there's a part of having to learn to go like, you know, what my
0: skill is, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's a good segue into the notion of operations, right? Like operationally, you had to figure out how to kind of operationalize your life, right? I mean, coming from that, that so it was literally you handed your last $20 over for the key deposit. You had to go find a job. This guy's condom allowance was probably 4X. Yeah, exactly. you just handed over in your key (laughs) deposit. (laughs) Right. And now you've got to operationalize your whole life. How do I work? How do I... Go to school, how do I fit in the social stuff that I want to do? How do I do all of that? And and we'll go we'll go high level, then we'll come back into,
1: into more of the stuff. But you know, there there's a there's the the one thing that I have definitely learned um, of what makes people interesting and then what makes you interesting to them is, is the mix, right? It's like the, the fact that again I've got that background, all those particular pieces. So again, my perspective is mine and unique and therefore has value yeah. and, and my skill set is unique, right? And and so that's a very much what operations I think does. I think people who find their way into operations, right? A lot of them usually are like, I really don't want to do sales, <laughs> right? I mean, you get no, that, you're 100 right? right, right? And so they like, but they're not pro- they're but they're not programmers either. They're kind of in this middle ground, right? Well, that means you're on the island of misfit toys. But what you do as values, you start to fill the gaps, right? They have like that. Um, it's just the get shit done gene. Yeah, yeah. It's problem solving. You just sit there and you go like, okay, all these things are on my desk right now. I want them to go away, right? I I, I never sit there and go like, ooh, I want to. No, it's like <laughs> I want this to go away because I don't know the next storm coming. So I want to do this effectively. I'm actually really bad from an operations perspective doing the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. I am always, the minute I do something once, I almost like, I never want to do that again. So I want to do it better. And then it's, that that leads to, well, how do I get, you know, can I go upstream so the stuff I'm getting is better? Can I get them to understand that or whatever? So then I, you know, I was very early in my career starting to work with sales and with management to say, I don't want to do this. (laughs) So I'm going to help you do your job so that I don't, I can just continually automate slash delegate and just keep moving on so that the problems are solving are bigger, higher level issues. And and operations has done that over time. I mean we've we've seen that, right? Yeah. From order takers to now, you know, again, I always I always think that there's the CEOs are listening to all this fancy stuff or talking, blockchain or whatever, and they're they're whispering to someone going like, so uh, we need that, right? You know,
0: well, you know, it's not only that, um, the EVP or SVP of revenue operations is at right. the table. It's that there is an EVP or SVP of revenue operations, right? And that's right. That the people that actually operationalize the business don't report directly into sales.
1: And there are plenty of companies that still don't give operations the voice that they need, but you know, that's that's a tactical disadvantage. Right? I totally that, that is completely where they you know, if they were gonna look at themselves after they failed, they're gonna realize
0: that they did not they did not organize properly on that yeah I, I completely agree and so now you are holding a degree from Syracuse University in film How yeah. did you get to advance local which is where I sort of new that's where we that's where we kind of met something like that yeah
1: yeah I mean you know um <laughs> it's just so I, I wound up getting a working at an ad agency in in syracuse and um and then I just got tired of Syracuse winters. You know, again, I'm proud of them. And yet I was, <laughs> right. I was firing resumes as far south. I mean, I almost took a job in Birmingham, Alabama, sight unseen. <laughs> and they were like they were like, we're not going to fly you down for the interview. I still was like thinking, maybe I'll just take it, you know, just to see. Right. right. And and I got as far as uh, um, New Jersey I was actually someone, a Newhouse connection that
0: I somehow found and, and they got me a job. Which the by the way, just the, this is the appropriate point to mention. I think that, you know, Syracuse alumni and media is like a super strong it's, network. It's,
1: it's honestly, if you go to Syracuse, you can walk into a room and if you somehow feel like cornered or uncomfortable, you just yell Syracuse University and someone yeah. will step up and go like, yeah, I went there too. And then you're, then you're, then you're there. And and you been, your it yeah. literally happened to me last night at, at a thing where I just happened to mention Syracuse and someone across the no, room I went, like, Syracuse, oh, you okay. went to Syracuse. Like, <laughs> and then suddenly you got a whole bunch of people going and everyone just goes like,
0: bitch. "Yeah, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it like,
1: you know, now we're going to talk about basketball. Yeah. <laughs> But uh yeah, I started firing resumes and I got a job at the Asbury Park Press uh in, in New Jersey, which got me got me down down here. And then um again for another podcast on is is I did a short stint of doing websites for liquor stores and wine shops, which was <laughs> fascinating. Again, we could talk about that, but you're gonna lose the rest of the yes, rest they, of our time, right? But but um an opportunity came up to to, to work at advance and uh and ad operations and um you know and I've written and I've talked about this my first day, I was like, what the hell did I get myself into? Because it wasn't just trafficking ads, it was you're also in charge of web analytics, right? We print all of our numbers and put them into a binder, right? <laughs> you know, because that's important on a weekly basis. Yeah. And there's this idea for a revenue report and sales report that we want you to build. And again, I just realized, oh, and my assistant quit the first day. So I was a one-person show doing all this stuff. And, and, I, and I'm like... Instead of quitting, the idea was I'm just going to make this job better and just keep moving it up. And that's – what you find, unfortunately, for those of you who are going to go through this this part, is that it doesn't necessarily actually get better. <laughs> right? Oh,
0: well, you get bigger problems. 100%. But, man, you, you start to really feel like you're affecting the company. And not only that, I only feel like we're really first starting to automate a lot of this Absolutely. stuff. I remember when I first started at Turner in, in 99 – Every day on my desk, an assistant had the responsibility of printing out something called the Daily Ad Run Report out of net gravity. So every day we had the Daily Ad Run Report. It was like a – and I'm holding my fingers about an inch apart – like an inch thick piece of – like set of papers that just showed what everything delivered, whether it was on pace or not. We must have killed – 400 million right, trees right. in the process yes, of bringing this absolutely. thing absolutely. Um, and I actually would make <laughs> – when we got interns, I would make them sort them. Like that was the thing. I like <laughs> sort my ad run reports because oh. like I had a wall full of binders that had ad run reports in them because God forbid someone came back to me right. and asked me about a campaign that ran 15 months ago because they needed to know whether it actually that, delivered that's, or not. That's absolutely right. I had right. no way of really pulling that in a meaningful, fast way. Yeah. One of the things
1: that I think – because we'll we'll tie to this to, to later is – you know, I used open ad stream and we had this, you know, we, and it was really, really poor with inventory, right? It just was not like, and I needed that ad run report, right? And it just didn't have it the way I wanted to. So I started learning to program like ASP.net or something along those lines. And I created and started writing code to scramble, pull all that together to start to create the reports that I wanted. And, um, you know, probably the mistake that I made in my career was that I went to my boss and said, "I want b- uh, some business intelligence
0: tools," and they're like, "Oh, BI tools never work." What I really wanted was a data warehouse. Yeah, right. I just so yeah, you almost IMDb and almost a DMP. Like, you were basically, <laughs> you know, throw AdMeld in there too. You know, it's like right. you don't take
1: stock advice from me. That that yeah. that will never be what what I what I do now. No, I, I I'm the cautionary tale. But
0: that's the necessity is the mother of invention, right? Yeah, what right. you needed was a place that Absolutely. you could easily access that had the information and analytics you needed. Yeah. But there was yeah. no, there was no word for that. Right, right. If, no, that's I used ago. the wrong
1: word. I used a word that was actually toxic within that company. So, so then, you know, they didn't get it till after I left. I laid the groundwork for it, right? But, you know, someone else got to to be able to deliver on it. But then, so then in advance, I did that for a number of years. And, and again, and again, I, I, I'd love to throw this out to everyone, is realizing that, I could jump jobs to make more money and whatever, but you know what? It's the same problems, different cast of characters, right? You're mm-hmm. essentially just changing shows, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and, and I realized I didn't really want to do that. I loved where I was, but then Ad Monsters, I started attending Ad Monsters, and I'm like, I'm with my people. Yeah, like that, There's a feeling That's like right. you're going like, oh my God, these people
0: aren't. It feels familiar without having ever been there. And if you're in and the
1: they so Bowen approached me and he was like, "Would you like to to work for ad monsters?" And I literally, I like, you know who I am, right? I'm the yeah. I'm the noisy guy. I'm the one that leaves everyone out all night, and I'm also the guy who's really noisy in the back in terms of raising my hand and interrupting, but trying right. to to create that thing. He's like, "No, that's what we." you know, we, we, we want, and I'd never done public speaking before. Amazing.
0: And I I don't know how that's possible. I mean, mean, it feels so natural for you. Yeah,
1: that's, that's right. That's right. Well, when I started, I actually had, you know, we'd script it out. Right. And I can remember, you know, introducing like Peter Naylor and like my hands doing like that kind of. Awkward, like, and you know, our like, next presenter wave you know, to the audience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Pause for laughter. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I was supposed <laughs> to read that, right? You know, and then and then there's like a part where I got to a point where I just ripped that up and just said, "I'm just gonna gonna do this," and that that, that I think propelled kind of my role at Ad Monsters and within what we do. And um, again, it's always been about that community piece and, and a part of that. Um, and and I love my Ad Monsters. I bleed Ad Monsters. You know. Orange red, whichever color you call it. There, there's, right. some, there's some dispute, about that. There's, a, there's some orange, dispute right. about that. there's some dispute about that. But but you know, and again, I'll, I'll say that I still do. You know, ad monsters and 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 um, we'll be at all the events and and drive the brand. But there were things I wanted to try, right? And and are just some things. And so, essentially, came to the arrangement that I have these other projects that allow me to get my hands dirty. Because the one thing is, I knew ops and. I, I will say that it's it's scary that for this industry that I'm still relevant, right? Because you, you know, and I, I'd even say that for you too. Like yeah, you, you, yeah, some well. of us, at some point, we have to look at this kind of go like the fact that we could be in a group of people and have a conversation and, and actually go like, "No, no, this is actually the way I look at it," and go like, "Wow, you really understand it." Like, yeah, but we should have fixed what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's 20 a years sad, ago, right?
0: It's like the. Um the late uh, 90s, early 2000s, then lingering into the mid-2000s where everybody would come and say, look, late creative is still a problem for me. And, you know, like, and how are we still contending? And someone
1: someone will bring up blockchain, right? And then you go, okay, well, help me understand what blockchain does. And then you go like, okay, well, here's where it's going to trip up. The same places it tripped yeah. up 20 years ago. Right? Yeah. You know, and
0: when Matt Katz and I worked together yeah. for, for all those years, I mean, we would walk into a, like a, a deli. And be like, your operation is not your register should be over yeah, there. Absolutely, it can't be over here. No, it just no. doesn't work. Yes. So let's linger on Admonsters for just one second, yeah. because I the the um, what was always not so wonderful about Admonsters was not only this fabulous sense of community that you got when you were in the room, yes, but also when you were weren't in the room and you needed to rely on someone in order to to give you advice about a problem or something. That was wonderful. What was also wonderful additively was the group of people that you guys assembled to lead. Ad monsters, yeah. and you're still going all the way back. People like you know Matt O'Neill and Jen Siegel, and then moving through you know Monica and Maria yeah. when she yeah. was with the company, and then mm-hmm. you know now Gavin and yeah. and um, you know the new and Justin and the new groups of people that are that are kind of leading things there. It's just it, the it, what makes Ad Monsters wonderful is not only the people that Ad Monsters brings together, it's the people that actually execute. Well, I, it. You know, I,
1: for, I appreciate that, and I love that you point that out because I don't know that it, people do, and there, there is a there is a part where you know we as a team assemble again so Ad Monsters was acquired a few years ago and very much was we want Ad Monsters to remain Ad Monsters and you know they have allowed us to do that and and what that means is that as we look to grow and if we're going to hire or we're going to do this that or whatever you really have to look at it because you know we're not many people and and it's a very small group that put does a lot of actual work um, and and that's because it takes that kind of mindset to to, to do it and yeah.
0: When we hired Freewheel, even still, Freewheel's jumped—you know—from a company of, of a, probably let's say 250 people when I started the entire entity of the new Freewheels, yeah. over 1,500 people. Um, but when we interview people, uh, like the fourth question on the response that we're supposed to send back to um, <laughs> to human resources, sorry Jennifer Dove, yeah. um, is uh, fit, yes or no? And it's the right. same thing you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. You absolutely. Corporate well, culture is meaningful regardless of how large the company is. You know, look, it's it's not even
1: a generational thing. There's a there's a part when you hire someone or you're assembling a team, you want to work with that. Like if I just go through the scenario, wow, this person's a genius, they're amazing or whatever. But I'm going to hate coming into work every day to be near this toxic person. Do I hire them? The answer is no. Right, you just don't do that. You know that, that it, it's that particular piece is is more important than the, uh, the than expertise right and so you know that's that's the part again gets back to pulling all the stuff that is you together and telling that story so someone can actually get that fit right so if you're interviewing right you got to give some of that personality out and if you don't have a personality go get one right do interesting <laughs> yeah. stuff i've got a 17 year old right and I'm, and I'm sitting there going like what's your college application going to look like right that you're amazing at computer games that is not going
0: to you know like, <laughs> by the way one hundred thousand other people like you. <laughs> In yes, that, that capacity. exactly. That yeah. is, that is, you know, that one's you know, not going to differentiate. Right.
1: I mean, you know, whatever your diamond level is, it, you know, there's a you <laughs> right. know, whatever. So yeah. So that's yeah, so you know, that's kind of how I how I how I look at that. But and yeah. then
0: so you know still with Ad Monsters great, yeah. great 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 run at Ad Monsters but ultimately there was this sort of itch to say I have all these to to the point of I thought of you know I thought of IMDb yeah. and I thought of the notion of a DNB I have those I have a lot of thoughts I have and a lot so of that thoughts. you funneled into Yeah Beeler. So,
1: so 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 Tech, right so I'm doing doing Ad Monsters that's primary um I do um research 614 group uh they also have a brand safety summit so which again it allows me to to approach conversations in a different way you know for and and then again i'm just like looking at all of these again i'm operationalize how we as an industry work and talk you and i are at ces right now and the worst thing that we could have done Is actually go to CES, (laughs) right? It is. It is not a place for ad operations people, but everything around it is because it's like a it's a feeding frenzy. The sharks are here, so you've got the brand people are coming to see what's cool. So that means the agency people are going to come, which means the publishers are going to come, which means all the ad tech companies are going to come. And we spend a lot of time bouncing between Aria and Cosmo. And on this podcast, when you hear that little buzz, that means that's the time I've got to go and start to head towards (laughs) the Aria, right? Back to Aria, right? Um, But there's a there's a part where. I look at – and I apply this to, to, to all of it of just going like the ROI of how to connect people to, to information. If you talk to everyone, it's all about educating. If they understood my product or they understood viewability or actually understood broadcast, right? I mean I know you have these conversations and you go like, if if I could only just get people to understand this, then they can do X, right? So and you scratch go like, at that for a little yeah, bit. Is yeah. that,
0: do you think – a, like a like a linguistics is that a, a communication problem or is that a you know people are just not thinking sort of strategically holistically broadly connectively enough um, I mean is like is it a, I guess what I, I think, asking is I, think is a I think when you get when you get problem? to a little bit of the operations level you know um,
1: I think fifty percent of your time in ad operations is is putting out fires fifty percent is really kind of the day to day like what you were supposed to and fifty percent is strategic, right? Yeah. The math isn't right, right. but it's correct. Right right, right. right. And so I think that there's there's very little time people actually have to to sit back and actually digest something and I also think that that you know you you look at it and you go there's so many flashy things that you can do and you go like wow that'd be amazing thank you company x for adding a new blockchain ssp exchange that does and facilitates (laughs) conversations at direct level with this and with brands oh martech and blockchain again you know those things you go like how do I even process that right and and there's a there's a part of um getting the right people in the room Talking to your peers, mm-hmm. creating that network, and, and then when it's time to ask that question. I think that's one thing that always somewhat frustrates me about events, but what I love about Ad Monsters is I meet someone who's working on a DMP or a data question, and I listen to them, and I go like, I'm not there. And three months later, I'm there, mm-hmm. and I know who to talk to. Yeah. And, and the fact is that the complexity of the market is still such that no one's really competing against each other. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the Washington Post, New York Times, they like probably want to go like, you know, damn it, they got more of that budget than I did. Right. right. But honestly, we're all fighting. Well, again, I don't even want to say the word, but you know what I'm talking about, like the, 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 the other the platforms that own the space and the rest of us are going for scraps. And the fact is that we actually all have to get together and figure this stuff out. And if it's, and that's not just standards, that's just operating. that.
0: Yeah, so, for, so when I guess what you're, if I can distill it down, is yeah. so you're saying is a connectivity, sort of that level of connectivity and communication sort of sets the stage for yeah, the and, bigger and, holistic, how do we work together thinking questions. And so,
1: you know, again, applying that, again, and just to give me these ideas and sounding off, and then we'll, <laughs> we'll be done, and then I won't get, you know, right. I'll, I'll be setting myself up here, right? But like, you know, I go to other people's events, right? And I will hear something, but not enough for me to get that takeaway, right? To. Um, and by the way, you know, that could that apply to anything, right? But there's also we publish and talk about ourselves so much that is very dense. If someone were brand new to header bidding, where is the what's the first thing they should read, right? And um and part of that is it's like, you know, how do you create that? And that, that was one of the things I've always wanted to try to do is sit there and start to string it together and go like, well, I'm not the guy who's going to write everything about viewability. But I would say, here, start here, do
0: this, do that or whatever and jump in that journey where it's where it's time. And it's always sort of been morning three at Ad Monster, right? Yeah. Like here's yeah. our nine subjects and here's some starting thoughts and you guys all get together and then present it out.
1: And I'll just throw out the secret sauce of that is that you can't start that. Like you can't start that on day one. Everyone yeah. always asks, "Why
0: can't we just do breakouts or whatever?" And you go, "Like you're not ready." Yes, that's you actually you know, young, young yeah. squire. You're yeah. Not ready. <laughs> yeah, Monday morning,
1: like okay, let's all get into groups, talk about what you want to talk about. Well, you you haven't even figured out what your agenda is. You know, by that
0: last day, you're like, I only have
1: X number of hours. I'm 100. I'm gonna you know milk it for everything I can. Yeah.
0: So. so I know we're we're sort of running short on time here. So I'll take you know sort of steal five more minutes from you. Yeah, we yeah, can yeah Walk yeah. over to yep. the area together. Yeah, like go that way too. <laughs> run, a little um, jog, run. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so. Here we are, you know. Just calendar just flipped 2018, yeah. 2020, and I'm I'm not sure how this happened, but twenty twenty is two years away. Yeah. So yeah. if you were sitting down at this conference in two years, what do you think the things? Forget that people are going to be talking about because I think people sort of always talk about the same things. But what are the two or three things that maybe you think will interest you? I mean, in two years still, or again, or yeah. I mean, I, I, at the end
1: of the day, I I am on the uh, I'm about the internet being the internet. And I and I really worry about that, you know. And it's not just even net neutrality or whatever, but it's but it's obviously we've definitely seen and we've taken this turn. It's very clear, right? That um, there's so much noise and misinformation and, and, and all that kind of stuff that really concerns me. And I think unfortunately, the economic models as they are, is we're not going to hear as many voices in the future if we don't figure some of this out. I yeah. still think, you know. I also am not a fan of ads. Like, ooh, I can't wait to see more ads. Yeah. But at the same time, if I realize the internet without ads, what that looks like. $600 it's, a month. It just it's Unusable. Somehow, right. but, uh, the, but, the, but there's a sort sort of the part that – yeah, go ahead. The
0: misinformation piece, I think, right concerning as a, as, a, as a person who's in this industry that wants to make sure it succeeds, but also concerning as a parent. Right? I,
1: you know, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, and again, you're seeing this more in the last couple of weeks about kind of the addiction to devices and whatever. And again, I've seen that with my kids, and and I do what I can to parent around it while I'm also checking my phone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All you hard. know, you know, there, there, yeah. you know, we have, you know, again, now you're getting me really like big, bigger thoughts. But you know, there is a part where we've kind of hacked ourselves, right? We've we've got ourselves and gone like, you know. It used to be drugs. It turned out to be TV is a really good opiate. You know, the opiate of the masses yeah. right now or whatever. And now it's your phone. And and you just sit there and you look at this trend and you just go like, you know, what is what is life going to look like if, if all the value we have as people is just to consume?
0: Well, right? I mean, right? You yeah. Know? And not to get too intellectual. But I mean, look, I, the medium is the message. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, and in such a – so like – just using that McLuhan, that omnipresent McLuhan quote to think about how algorithms and uh, AI steering you in a certain direction, pushing its message and its priorities. I mean, like... It was interesting in 1960-whatever when he right, wrote it. Right, It's like almost horrifyingly prescient now. Yeah, um, yeah. And so like that whole underlying problem is – yeah, I completely and, agree. And, then, really and I just deal. think
1: that – I think there's a part where Silicon Valley has been in its own little bubble and it's it started, you know, with the fact that, you know, claiming to not be media companies when you're clearly a media company is, is a problem and it's going to get rectified I think. It's going to have to. But I also think that there's this idea of like, hey, let's imagine a world with, you know – Self-driving cars and all these kind of things, and I am always about the progress. I'm, I and I love the tech and I love the the things there or whatever. But going all the way back to where I grew up in Georgetown, where I know truck drivers, right, and that's their livelihood. And I'm sorry, like I don't think of like putting them out of jobs is great. I, I just think that that's you know. There's there something about, like, because you hear, like, the Elon Musk's of the world talking about this idea of us all just having
0: basically a salary for being alive
1: and consuming mm-hmm. and going, like, that's horrible. Yeah. That's absolutely horrible. It doesn't sound like a
0: terribly fulfilling life. I mean, I think what ultimately people miss with something like that is that, you know, there's a set of people that do a task now, and then there's a task that can be automated. Right. And they think about how to automate the task, but they don't think about what to do with the people. A hundred percent. It's 100% because
1: they're solving an engineering issue and they're thinking about that.
0: Yeah. I mean, and look, and it, it, look at the coal. I mean, look at coal. Yeah. I think coal is a perfect example. Everyone who works in coal could 100% have been retrained to work in renewable energy if the coal companies had shifted to renewable energy. But instead, renewable en- energy companies popped up. People right. held on to an old thing. Those jobs are going away. And now people are annoyed. Right. But it's not because of anything other than the people who are solving for the problem misunderstood what the actual problem would be.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, that, that that well. And again, you're talking to the guy again who didn't predict IMDb. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> whatever. So, so right. it's very hard for me to say like, well, this is how it's all going to turn out, or whatever. I think I think one other thing I'll just just throw in as kind of a last point that I'm really fascinated with in the operations space is you going um, you going through the ranks, me going through the ranks. Is you could see that if we stayed at those companies and where we were going, we could potentially be CROs. SVP, we like we could eventually be the president of those companies. Like the op, having an operations background yeah. and way that media works leads that to think that that is a really good future role. The thing that gets me right now is that the programmatic, the people that are coming in are programmatic, you know, some of them are very short sighted. I'm not saying them. I'm well, saying that well, their role mean, is their a product role. Of their. They're, they're, they are stockbrokers, right? They are literally you know they don't look at the website anymore they look at their spreadsheets they look at the you know and whatever and they're going like how do we arbitrage how do we do this how do we do that and just looking at those numbers and and I think that there's a part there that like I I would love to see more opportunity to, to show them that other side of media yeah. that I think would add more value to what they do and at the same time I think that the the direct side right you know, it's interesting. I'm gonna give Benning like complete credit for this. I'm actually beginning be speaking at uh, Programmatic IO oh, uh, in San Francisco in April. There you go. There's and, a plug. I'm there's the the a Programmatic IO. But he gave me one of the things that I'm going to use, which is it's not Excel now. It's Python, right? It's literally like if you're doing Excel really well, that's 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 a commodity. Yeah. It's actually being able to, to pull this stuff apart and put it together. But to me, that's not what I would have that's not operations necessarily either to me no, but that's there's a part
0: there that like I think you make a, a really uh, just like a really very smart point there which is uh, everything is art and everything is also science yeah absolutely and if you skew too heavily one way you're missing a very very large in this space, part of the picture right? I, mean, well, I mean I would argue in general but certainly in this space well
1: you know I, I love to say this about blockchain I, I said I, I thank the blockchain community for bringing such heavy concept to a an industry built with liberal arts degrees right? like you know it's like literally like where if you yeah. if you have a liberal arts degree where are you going to wind up you're going to wind up in media yeah. and then someone's going to sit there and say well let me explain what a nonce what do you know what you you're like what is this yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So here's so this is what
0: part. distributed databases but well
1: it. again we're in the space of advertising you, and I know you have the same issue I have where you sometimes meet someone on the creative side and you're like somehow we're in the same industry yeah I know and you're like you couldn't be more right.
0: like different you, they're looking at the colors of the ad I'm looking to see whether half of it's viewable right Like right. That's, that is so. So yeah, not like that. Totally. So, so we're, we're, not, to... we're Neither of us is living our perfect life. Yeah, absolutely, sort of we're both miserable. Right. Yeah, totally. So, all right. Yeah. Why don't we call it there? I know we have to. We have to get going. But I. I we need to have a part two of this. I. This was. This was amazing. I, I so yeah. thank you for the. Thank you for the time. Yeah, for absolutely. In Vegas,
1: especially. Absolutely. All right.
0: Okay. So that's all for today. Thanks again to Rob Beeler for taking the time out of his schedule in Vegas. We're on Twitter at Podcast OK So if you want to try to lift us from double digit followers. Otherwise we'll be back in a few weeks with an all-new episode. Until Stay then. You you'll be better off that way now. Time. And time will be. I would be your own back frame. Me out right now. Time will take a look for every white. Don't wonder why. You would force to be alone a year. Your way. Your way. Now, your way. Your This time he's is But I don't leave here. Right to leave my from here. leave here, leave here, yeah, 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 yeah. With the boom song, you can make it to the moon. The boom boom song, you can make it to the moon. The boom boom song, you can make it to the moon. With boom, boom song, to the moon. With boom, boom, song, the moon. With boom boom song, you can make it to the moon. Yeah, yeah, boom, boom, rock and see.